everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Cold Brew Crimes. I'm Alicia. And I'm Sierra. And this is case number eight. I always get nervous when I'm like labeling them like the numbers that I did it wrong. <laughs> At least you remember because I really don't remember half the time. When I was putting out the last episode, I put eight and then I had to edit it. <laughs> I think it's because we have uh, like part twos in some of them. Yeah, so it's not like by episode. Yeah. Because I don't even know what number episode this is. I think it's like 10 or yeah. 11 or something. Yeah, something like that. Because we have two cases that are two parts. So I don't know. <laughs> So, Sierra, we're doing a missing person. My coworker has been, like, asking me to do this case since we started the podcast. That was, like, her first request, and I kept promising her that we would do it, and then I kept forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> so, I told her last week, because, well, one, I couldn't find the name, because she just told me. She was like, it's a firefighter, you, and she went missing, and I'm like... So I Googled, like, missing firefighter, and, like, 80,000 came up. I was, up, say, and I was how like, many came up? I was like, I need a name. So then we sat there and figured out the name. So then I, like, saved it on, like, the safari. Oh, <laughs> and I was Lord. like, okay, we'll do it next, I promise. I was like, because <laughs> I was already halfway through, like, the research for the Tyler Hadley episode. Mm. So I was like, it has to be the next one. Guess what? So Tyler Hadley's party, remember how you asked me if I knew where that place was? Uh-huh. Dude, like, one of the girls um, that I used to line dance with, it was two houses down from her. And I'm only, like, 10, 15 minutes away from her. Was she there? She was at the house, but she wasn't at the party. Oh, well, because she's, she's younger. Older. Oh. She's older than you? Yeah, she's way older. Dude, she's, like, in her, like, her 50s or 60s. Oh, well, you said a girl, so... <laughs> well, sorry, a woman. <laughs> did you ask her about it? No. Oh. My mom was talking to me. I was like, yeah, I said, um, we did a case the last week, and it was about a guy that died in, like, PSL, or, uh guy that killed his mom in like PSL she goes oh my god Tyler Hadley and I was like yeah <gasps> and she goes did you know that was right next to so-and-so's house and I was like mm-hmm. oh my god I was like, oh my god I would have went over there <laughs> with a tape recorder and asked some questions oh, in, my, in my head I'm like hold on wait was her mailbox the one that was stolen oh my god because that's all I could think about was the mailbox <laughs> I'd be pissed I wonder if they put it back I, I, I don't know, but I ain't going over there no more. I'm going to have to stay like... <laughs> well, they tore the house down. Oh, I think the new house is still for sale if anyone wants to buy it. No, I not. fucking do not. <laughs> um, I'll stay right in my little corner in PSL. <laughs> yeah. I knew, like I said before, I knew like his cousin and then someone who was at the party. But since we released the case, so many people have messaged me and were like, I know him. I went to school with him. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I don't think we have any other fun news. Bear is famous now. Yeah, I told him. him. Oh, he's not in here with us today, guys. He's eating. He had to go eat. Don't worry, he'll be out the door in a minute when he's done. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I told him the other day, I was like, Bear, you're famous. And then I told Andrew, I was like, our our listeners are wanting to see what Bear looks like <laughs> to see if he's charming and if he has Ted Bundy eyes. And he was like, well, he is charming. He's like, with his little beady eyes. And I was like, here we go. <laughs> so... Anyway, um, this case, we are doing Brandy Hall. She was a firefighter. Sorry, I'm so sorry. The dust keeps squeaking. <laughs> Put WD-40 <laughs> on that bitch. <laughs> um, so Brandy Lynn Hall was born on September 14th, 1973 to her mother, Debbie, I think it's Rogue. It's R-O-G-G-E, Raj Rogue. I couldn't find her father's name, but her mama, Debbie. <laughs> She grew up in Bull Creek, Florida, which is in Osceola County, approximately 30 miles west of Melbourne. Have you ever heard of Bull Creek? Yeah, I've been there a couple times. I don't think I've ever heard of it, but it's so fucking close. 
I like. Yeah, I don't think it's really like that far. Like it seems far with how you explain it. Well, it's thirty it, minutes from Melbourne. Girl, I like to joyride. You know, I'm, I'm saying you, Melbourne is not that body. far. Yeah, I don't go anywhere <laughs> unless it's to Walmart. Anything longer than a thirty minute ride, you're out. <laughs> My son loves Walmart, and it's so funny because I have this video from when he was, like, two, and we got to Walmart, and he was like, Mama, I'm so happy at the Walmart, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> we love to go to Walmart. I, I mean, that's you. all we have to do here. Yeah. In Vero, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Bull Creek is part of the Orlando-Kissimmee Metropolitan Statistical Area, so I guess it's part of, like, Orlando, so it's close to over there. I'm going to Orlando in July, so go to Bull Creek. I'll, I'll, I'll search is. for the signs for Bull Creek. <laughs> um, her family would later describe her as as a born adventurer. They stated that she had a fearless spirit and she never restricted herself to the stereotypes of feminine activities. When she was young, she spent most of her time outside fishing, hunting, or airboating. So she was like, loved to be outdoors. He was like a tomboy. Yeah. Same girl, same. Can't relate. I hate being outside. <laughs> I don't like to get sweaty. I don't like to get dirty. <laughs> it's not for me. She was known to be a tomboy, adventurous child. When she was 11 years old, her life changed when she was in an ATV accident. I have ran myself over with a three-wheeler. I did too. Well, I mean, I didn't roll myself over, but I wasn't paying attention. Shocker. But Mm -hmm. um, there was a fence and I hit it. And instead of like hitting the brakes, I'm like, no, I'm bailing off this bitch. And when I tried, it like ran over my leg. Yeah, I like fell off and then it ran me over. (laughs) And I was like, this is why I don't come outside. So (laughs) Brandy was taken to the hospital where she realized where they realized that her skull was fractured and her jaw was broken along with broken cheekbones as well. She underwent a 10 to 12 hour surgery and had to be hospitalized for a month. When released, she also had to undergo a year of in-home care. So, like, I guess, like, um, I think it was, like, physical therapy and mm-hmm. occupational therapy and stuff like that. And just, like, um, in-home, like, care. Yeah. The accident caused scarring and pain that would last throughout Brandy's life. And she would have more surgeries due to this accident later in life as well. Brandy did not let this accident stop her or break her spirit. Instead, it showed what she wanted to do in her life. Brandy wanted to help people. It was no shock to anyone due to her adventurous and free spirit and her genuine kindness that she would choose a career where she could help others. At the age of 20, Brandy began volunteering at the Holopal Volunteer Fire Department in Holopal, Florida. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I also do Holopal. not. Okay, I don't know where that is either. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like right before you hit like that Yeehaw place where that uh, that hotel thing Burned was. down? Yeah. Oh. You make a right instead of going straight. That's real close. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I have seen the signs. But I always thought it was called Hope Law. Because I apparently am dyslexic, <laughs> so. Firefighting is a mostly male-dominant field, but this did not scare Brandy. It was while working at this station she would meet Jeffrey Ray Hall. Jeff had been a firefighter at the station for a few years. They married in 1994 and began their lives together. Shortly after their marriage, Brandy began working as a firefighter and medical technician at the Palm Bay Fire Department in Palm Bay, Florida. Jeff was promoted to the Osceola County Fire Chief as well. And in April of 2000, Brandy was promoted to drive engineer and received her paramedic certification. So they were doing things. Big things. To be a fire chief? 
My friend's husband is a fire captain. He might be a chief now, but I know for sure he's a captain. You know, I always wanted to be a firefighter, like, when I was little, but then, like... I could see it. But, like, I don't know. The fire would be too hot. I'd be like, no. <laughs> Give me out. Yeah. So, shortly after their marriage, Brandy began working as a firefighter and medical technician at the Palm Bay Fire Department in Palm Bay, Florida. Are you reading my paragraph? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, bro, that sounds like the same shit I just read. I don't know what's wrong with my brain. <laughs> yep, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I thought so when I started reading it. And I was like, wait, I've heard this. I was like, damn, another marriage. Okay. <laughs> wow. You read that so confidently, too. I give that to you. I don't even... As I was reading it, I was like, this is not my paragraph. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's pink highlighter, friend. <laughs> oh, boy. Soon after their achievements, they would start their family. They had a daughter named Taylor and a son named Clay. Brandy was reported to be a loving and dedicated mother. She embraced motherhood and loved caring for her children. While the pair was working, Brandy's mother, Debbie, would care for the children, but she stated that Brandy always checked in. There was nothing more that she loved than her children. Around 1999, Jeff's department was experiencing budget cuts, causing many people to be demoted. During this time, Jeff asked to be demoted so he could spend more time with his family. He was voluntarily demoted from the fire chief to fire captain, but he was still a respected and decorated firefighter. This gave Jeff more free time to spend with his family, but also gave him less money to spend. I don't know the difference, like the big differences between a chief to a captain, but I feel like... Is it like a step underneath? Yeah, like it goes captain and then chief, but I feel like that's still a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, you're still doing the same thing. I, yeah. I guarantee you're still doing the same thing. I guess he's not in charge of thing. everyone. He's just in charge of certain people. But... So at this time, Jeff bought a 10-pack of marijuana plant seeds from an ad in a magazine. Why are they even this running This is what we ads? did in 1973? This is 1999. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I looked right up front as I was getting ready to ask that question. Oh, I guess it was the 90s. They didn't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> with this, Jeff and a colleague named Paul, who was um, also a firefighter. Mm-hmm. It said former firefighter, but I don't know if like he was a firefighter at that time or if it just former because, you know, future. I don't know. So they started a marijuana growing operation that would last for five years. Cultivating marijuana in Florida is a felony offense. FYI. (laughs) Jeff eventually quit his job with the Osceola Fire Department and had even more time to focus on his drug operation. So he went from a firefighter to a drug dealer. Well, he's not dealing it. He's growing it. I guess he is. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. They just kept calling it a drug operation. And I just kept thinking about Breaking Bad. Because we just finished watch- <laughs> we just finished watching Breaking Bad, so I'm just like picturing it <laughs> the whole time. But it's, oh it's marijuana, oh which is God. still illegal. But like, they were acting like Homeboy was fucking doing selling meth. I, it's still illegal. I get that, but they were like his drug operation, and I'm like, it sounds like he's like <laughs> trying to move some heavy shit right there. Yeah. The two began growing marijuana plants in an old barn that Jeff owned. Eventually, their operation grew, and they had to move it to a trailer on a 13-acre property that Jeff owned with his wife, Brandy. They used generators for electricity at this property as to not cause questions for using any power company. In this trailer, they had hundreds of marijuana plants. They mostly grew a strand called Crippy, which was very popular in Florida at the time. This was a very profitable profitable quote-unquote business for jeff and paul bringing in about thirty thousand dollars every two months i need to grow some plants 
That's a lot. It's a felony offense. Well, just don't get caught. <laughs> yeah. The authorities had received a confidential tip about this trailer and Jeff and Paul. The trailer was searched and they found over $1 million in growing equipment, marijuana plants, and harvested marijuana. The trailer was stocked with high-end growing equipment and hundreds of marijuana plants. Again, in Florida, cultivating marijuana is a felony. A felony. <laughs> cultivating marijuana is a felony offense, and being in possession of more than twenty-five plants is classified as a second-degree felony, punishable with up to fifteen years in prison. On July second, two thousand and five, Jeff Hall and his partner Paul were arrested and charged with trafficking marijuana, possession of marijuana with the intent to sell, and manufacturing marijuana. I also saw they were charged with manufacturing a hallucinogen. Jeff bonded out of jail the next day, but the charges would not go away so easily. Yeah, so I saw, like, because I obviously read a bunch of different articles, and one of them said that they were charged with manufacturing a, and halluc- <sighs> manufacturing a hallucinogen. I, I don't think marijuana is a hallucinogen. I don't even know what that is. Like LSD and like acid and stuff where it causes you to hallucinate. Mm-hmm. I don't think you do that with weed. Right? I don't think you do either. I mean, you still like, <clears throat> you see stuff, but you just move it in slow motion. You see stuff. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, like if I go to look at like, I don't know, let's say a picture on a wall. Like if I go to turn, that should slowly move in to catch up with me. That's okay. not like hallucination where I'm going to see like. The dang squirrel come out of your yard. (laughs) You know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a big smoker. I'm not either. I don't know. I didn't look it up. I I was not about to Google any more (laughs) drug-related. The cops were really going to be knocking at your door. Hey, you're here on our podcast. Yeah. (laughs) My search history was already a little weird, but after starting this podcast, it's been even weirder. But Andrew is in full support of our podcast because he... He bought me some, like, supplies for Christmas. Like, I told him that um, I needed a new notebook, like, my little murder notebook. So, he bought me one. Your murder kit. <laughs> yeah. It's a really cool one, and it, like, has a little, um, it's like a book. And then mm-hmm. you, you put, like, um, the legal pads in them. Mm-hmm. And then he bought me, like, a bunch of legal pads and then some really nice pens. And I was like, oh, so you do He's support supporting. it. Yeah. I also love office. I didn't put it together that it was for the podcast. I just thought he bought it for me because I love office supplies. And he was like, it's for your podcast. And I was like, oh, that was so nice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, on July 8th, 2005, Brandy Hall was arrested on charges related to her husband's marijuana operation. They stated that since the property where the drugs were being manufactured was owned by both Jeff and Brandy, she should be criminally liable as well. Brandy stated that she was not involved and had no knowledge of her husband's activities, but as a married couple, she was getting the monetary benefits of her husband's operation at the least. It's unknown if Brandy truly had no knowledge of what Jeff was involved in, but she always maintained that she had none and was not involved. Jeff also maintained that his wife had no knowledge of his operation. I guess like a few of their family members or friends or something said that Brandy did know and that like she warned Jeff about like um, the consequences, mm. but he made, he said that she did not know she was unaware, but I like, but why should she be criminally liable if, I mean, I guess since her name, her name was on the thing, Cause right? It's, yeah. Cause it's her property too. Oh, so, I mean, I guess but like, is it really possible to not know that that's what your husband is doing? 
I mean, you want to come home smelling like it? I'm pretty sure you don't have to smoke it to smell like it. Yeah, but, and they had, like, thousands of dollars worth of, like, equipment, so... If he got a pay cut, then how is But he ended up quitting. Like, he retired, so they were just living off of her income and his pension. So, like, where did you think all this extra money was coming from? I don't know. The charges against her were dropped eventually, but ultimately, Brandy was fired from the Palm Bay Fire Department after 10 years of service. She was still charged with commercial littering and pollution, and a trial was set for October 2006. I also don't know why she was charged with that. I tried to look it up, and I couldn't figure it out, but I'm assuming because of the... The littering? What does littering have to do with any of that? I'm just assuming, like, the mess that the, like, the manufacturing the marijuana caused on oh. the property, but it was their property. So how's it littering if it's your property? I know. I don't know. There was, like, a lot about his, like, drug operation in certain articles, and then other articles, I couldn't find anything about it. Like, it, like, mentioned it real quick, and I was like, wait, what? So then I had to, like, Google extra, and I'm like, when my friend told me about this case, I had no idea that there was, like, all of this other shit involved. So as I'm, like, reading it, it was like, like a spider what web. the fuck is going like on? Like a spider web. You had to, like, lean yeah. back to the middle. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm glad you do all the research, because I'd be so lost doing all this. Yeah. Um... You're you're more focused than I am. I wouldn't be focused at all. <laughs> yeah, I like hyper fixate on stuff, especially yeah. about like cases. A whole ad would pop up talking about Pandora. Yep, let's go to Pandora. Click. We're gonna start listening yeah. to music. Yeah, no. Yeah, I have to like. I think it's because once I start something and I'm like interested, I have to find out every single detail that I possibly can. So it benefits our research because I'm crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mine wouldn't be that detailed. I literally opened the tab because I do most of my research on my phone on Safari and mm -hmm. I opened Safari the other day to Google something and I had like 18 <laughs> true crime tabs open. And, I, <laughs> and my I was at work and my coworker um, looked over to ask me something and she's like, what's going on? <laughs> and I'm like, it's for the podcast. <laughs> she's like, okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think I am going to start linking, like, the sources and stuff that I use in the episodes, like, in the notes or whatever, so people can go read them, because they're interesting. But I tried to do it for our first case, but it didn't work, and then I just gave up after that. <laughs> but the last episode, I did post, like, some sources, and I think I'm going to do the same thing with this episode. Sound like a plan. After being fired from her job, she was determined to get it back. While working towards this goal, she got a job as a welder and started volunteering at the Malabar Fire Department in Malabar, Florida, which kept her credentials valid. Malabar is not far either. I know. My my stepdad's parents used to live in Malabar. No, they didn't. I, I say I used to go to the, uh, the compound over there. It was like a big open field over there, but a lot of people have died over there. So. Oh, great. They used to live in Miramar. I don't know where that is. I can tell That's you like Malabar south. Is. I just know it's south. I got grounded because I went to Malabar. I remember the name. Oh, boy. <laughs> Shocker, I, I don't think I've ever been there. I don't travel. <laughs> um, on August 17th, 2006, Brandy was at work at the Malabar Fire Department where she was scheduled for an overnight shift. She called home at 9.30 p.m. to speak with her husband, Jeff, and to say goodnight to her children and say a prayer with them before bed. This was routine for Brandy. When she worked overnight shifts, she always called home to say goodnight to her children and speak with Jeff before bed. Around 10.45 p.m., Brandy told her Carly, colleagues, <laughs> Brandy told her colleagues she needed to go home early. She told one of them she was sick and had to go, but mostly did not give a reason to why she needed to end her shift early. 
This was typically out of character for Brandy as she loved her work as a firefighter and normally worked her full shifts as scheduled. Her last known phone call was at 11.06 p.m. and lasted until 11.17 p.m. This was an incoming call from a man named Randall Richmond. Randall was Brandy's former boss at the Palm Bay Fire Department and reported to also be one of Brandy's closest friends, if not her closest friend. This would be the last phone call Brandy ever had. In fact, her husband had attempted to call her around 11 p.m., but she did not answer his calls, so he'd left a message. The morning of August 18, 2006, was an important day for Jeff Hall. He had a sentencing hearing scheduled at 10 a.m. for the marijuana operation charges. I just kept calling it that because <laughs> I didn't know what else to call it. Um, he knew his wife would be there to support him. She was even scheduled to testify as a character witness for him. So when he woke up and realized that she was not home, it was odd to him. He tried to call her with no luck. He then called the Malabar Fire Department and asked for Brandy. And he was told that Brandy had already left. Assuming she left moments ago and was on her way home, he got the kids ready for school and dropped them off and then headed to the Osceola County Courthouse for his hearing. On his way, he was still attempting to contact his wife. With Brandy still not answering, he called the fire department back and spoke with a different colleague, this time who informed Jeff that Brandy had left around 10.30 the previous night. Hearing this, Jeff was starting to worry. He knew Brandy's shift was scheduled to end at 7 a.m. and she had not told him that she'd left work early. So at this point, he's kind of like freaking out. Yeah, because that's a that's a big gap. Yeah. And he had spoken to her at 930 and she didn't say anything about like leaving early or anything like that. And then when he tried to call her at 11, she didn't she answer. answer. Yeah. yeah. And he knew that like she was supposed to be there that morning for the hearing. And he thought it was odd like that she wasn't home because I think that normally she would like get the kids ready and stuff because mm-hmm. she would get home at seven. But she didn't get there. So he's kind of like, what's going on? Once at the courthouse, Jeff was still calling family and friends to ask if they'd heard from Brandy. Nobody had heard from her or seen her. Jeff was worried about his wife, but was unable to go search for her. Jeff got a call from Randall Richmond. Randall was set to testify as a character witness for him during the hearing as a favor to Brandy. He was calling Jeff to inform him that he was going to be unable to make it. And before ending the conversation, Jeff asked Randall if he'd seen or heard from Brandy. To this question, Randall did not answer, but instead hung up the phone. Randy is looking a little suspicious. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's, I think it's Randall. Yeah. <laughs> At the hearing, Jeff and Paul were sentenced to 18 months or to one and a half years in prison. And 42 months or three and a half years of probation. Jeff had pleaded guilty to his crimes and apologized for his actions. After being sentenced, Jeff was taken to a jail cell while his wife was still missing. He had no way of being able to search for her or continue his calls and attempts to find her. Thankfully, they had a family available to care for the children during the time. Could you imagine finding, like, waking up and realizing that your wife is missing? And, and then, then you're... he's sitting behind bars <clears throat> while... Like, you can't even go search for her. You can't, like, call people. I mean, maybe he can call people. I don't know. I n- I've only ever seen on, like, TV where you only get, like, one phone call. <laughs> But I think that's like when you're initially arrested. I think once you're in jail, you can call people, I assume. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but. I've never been. But like, imagine, like you're just, now you're just sitting in your jail cell. Now you're like completely hopeless. Yeah. Helpless. Yeah. Because you can't even move. And then you have to like think about your children because now you're in jail. 
your wife is missing. Thankfully, their family was able to step in, but still, like, the poor kids. In the afternoon, some fishermen found a firefighter's bunker bag floating in a retention pond off of Treeland Boulevard close to Palm Bay's Brevard Community College campus. The bag contained a jacket, pants, boots, and a firefighter's helmet. Assuming these items had been lost during a training exercise, the fishermen brought them to the nearby fire department. Upon receiving the items, they were identified as belonging to Brandy. The firefighters returned to the pond to search. They saw a few broken branches around the pond, seemingly giving the appearance that a vehicle had been dri driven into the pond. Searchers and investigators spent hours searching in and around the pond for any signs of Brandy. The pond was searched by divers. Eventually, a green Chevrolet truck was pulled from the water. It was identified to be Brandy's, but she was not inside. They did, however, find blood on the seats and floor, and that was later identified to be a match to Brandy's blood. Jeff learned about this discovery while watching the nightly news from his jail cell. They didn't even call him. No. Mm -mm. Like, didn't even give him, like, hey, I know you're behind bars, but here's the update that we got, and, like, none of that. Like, he's just sitting there watching the news and finds out that his fucking missing wife's truck. I mean, he probably already feels like shit because he can't help anything, like, at all. <sighs> the next day, August 19th, 2006, search terms, terms, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. The next day, August 19th, 2006, search teams consisting of divers, volunteers, and cadaver dogs returned to the pond to continue the search. There was no sign of brandy. They searched the pond, the woods surrounding the area to no avail. Within the next few days, the pond was repeatedly and extensively searched. It was even partially drained to make it easier as the water was pretty deep, being around 20 feet in some points. The water was dark and murky and hard to see in. After being partially drained and still no signs of Brandy, they concluded that Brandy was not in the pond. Following her vanishing, Brandy's family and close friends were questioned. Initially, their suspicions fell on the husband. Naturally, when women go missing and or murdered, their spouses and partners become the first suspect, mainly because most of the time they are the murderer or the person responsible for the disappearance. Given the couple's recent troubles and statements from the family saying that the pair had not been getting along lately, they had plenty of reasons to believe Jeff could have done something to his beloved wife. Speaking to her colleagues who were at the fire station with her on the night she vanished, they told police... Brandy left around 10.50 p.m. after telling some of them that her stomach was upset and she needed to leave. Surveillance footage would corroborate this, their statements showing Brandy leaving alone and unharmed. But did she leave at 10.30 or 10.15? Okay, so or I was going to say that. Bad. Some of the articles and sources said that she left at 10.30 and then other ones said she left at 10.50. So she left somewhere in the middle but, of But yeah, so I don't know if maybe they were misremembering when they're, or like, you know, like maybe she told them, hey, I have to go at 10.30 but didn't actually Get leave out until, until 10.50. 10 yeah, okay, that makes um, sense. I did find two photos from the surveillance. So it's like a photo of her sitting like in the living room or the like the lounge area. Mm-hmm of the fire department with like her co-workers and then the other is her like what i think walking out but i don't think that there's a time on it so between 10 30 and 10 50 either way her shift was supposed to end at seven so yeah, this so was a shit yeah. yeah the investigators got a warrant for brandy's cell phone records they confirmed that her husband's statement that he spoke to brandy on the phone at 9 30 and again tried to contact her at 11 p.m with the call going to voicemail they also noticed a slew of text messages along with an 11-minute phone call right before Brandy disappeared. These text messages and phone call were with none other than Randall Richmond. 
Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got suspicions about Randall. The name, number one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like the, the, um, the lizard dude off of Monsters, Inc. Isn't his name Randall? I think it, yeah. Randall. And he's an asshole. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's looking weird. So, Randall Richmond was brought into the police station for questioning. When asked about the last time he'd spoken to Brandy, he told investigators that they had not spoken for a few weeks. Liar. When detectives told Randall about the phone records and advised him that they know he was the last person to speak to Brandy before she disappeared, he changed his story. He admitted to speaking with Brandy, but claimed he was not involved in her disappearance in any way. When people do that, automatically, I'm going to think you're guilty. When you're like, yeah, I was the last person to see or talk to her, but I wasn't involved. Like, just say that you were the last person. Why are you automatically... I was not involved. Yeah, but why lie to him saying that he hasn't talked to her in, like, weeks? Exactly. And then, oh, no, I, you know, I did, but um, I wasn't involved. Red flag. Like, how dumb are you? Don't think they already checked the phone records? Ted flag. Ted flag. <laughs> yeah, Randall is given some major Ted flags. I had another dream about Ted Bundy the other night. Of course did. <laughs> I haven't been looking him up. <laughs> He just will not get out of my brain. Yeah, he's just so charming. (laughs) I hate it for me. Um, So Randall even told them that during their phone call, Brandy told him that she was planning on going away that night. She supposedly stated that she was going to meet someone at a gas station and get some money and then she would be leaving. It's very convenient for our buddy Randall. She also told Randall, supposedly, to never contact her again. She did not name who she was planning to meet at this gas station or why she was leaving her life so abruptly. Her family did not believe the story at all, stating Brandy would never willingly leave her children. Additionally, there was no record of any text message or phone calls with this mystery person she was planning to meet for money. If you're going to meet someone, how are you meeting them if you're not texting or calling them to tell you where the fuck to meet you at? Yeah, you have to have like like a date time, like a place like, hey, I'm five minutes out. Are you there? Yeah, like, no, even an email. Like, what, did y'all write fucking letters? <laughs> Send them with a pigeon. <laughs> and who who would she be meaning to give her money? That makes no sense. But, I mean, if Randall was the last person to talk to her, that would have been Randall. No, he said that she told him that she was meeting someone at a gas station. But she didn't tell him who. You think it would have slipped up with all their phone calls and everything else? If it was true. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, I mean, eventually you would have, like, slipped up about it somewhere. If if it was true, it would have slipped up somewhere. But why, where the fuck is she going? You're just going to leave your children and your husband? But then you call them every night and tell them night. Like, no. Like, you just spoke to your husband an hour before, or two hours, because they spoke at 11, and now you're, oh, yeah, I'm going to disappear. Mm-mm. And wouldn't you, okay, my thing is, if you're planning to disappear, wouldn't you just do it on your way home from work? Why would you leave your shift early? To make it look more suspicious... I don't know why would you call someone you would normally just pack it up and go exactly there's a lot of reasons this does not make sense to me so while reading through the text messages between randall and brandy they stumbled upon some very interesting conversations randall was reported to be brandy's best friend almost as if he was her brother but one of the text messages found read quote sleep tight honey i love you with all my heart hugs and kisses unquote Mm-mm. i don't even tell that to andrew i'm like a night bro See you tomorrow. Sleep tight. Just get my forehead kiss and then I go to sleep. Like, I'm not, love you, honey. No. That's the most. Hostess with the mostest. 
And that's supposed to be your brother or friend? Mm-mm. Your friend that's your brother? They exchanged around 70 to 80 text messages per day. That is a lot. Yeah, I don't even text my siblings like that. They just get a... But even for a friend. Hey, asshole, I'm home. <laughs> I don't even think we text 70 times a day. A Snapchat's probably different, but... Text Snapchat is like a thousand, <laughs> but... <laughs> but, I don't know, that's a lot. If my wife is over here texting some other fucking dudes 80 times a day, we're gonna have a conversation. And you got, like, the sleep tight, honey, I love you. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-hmm. Investigators were slowly putting pieces together and realizing that the relationship between Brandy and Randall had ventured way past the line of a platonic relationship. Clearly, they're not friends. I mean, you know, like, they're more than friends. Yeah, like the friends with benefits type shiz. Yeah. But I ha- to be saying I love you, that has to be, like, some deep shit. Anyway, so... One of Brandy's friends confirmed their suspicions. Brandy and Randall were having an affair. Brandy did not keep this relationship hidden from her close friends. They all knew about Randall and even told police that this retention pond was their meetup location. The pond that her truck was found in. Another flag. Checkpoint. Yeah. Stupid. You know that that's where you go to meet her. Put her truck somewhere else. So he did it. I don't know. It's unsolved. In my brain, I have a suspicion, but I'm saying. It leads to him, though, because last call, where they meet up all the time. And there's more. We haven't gotten to it yet. But if you're going to do this, why are people so stupid? I mean, I cannot say that he did it. I'm not trying to get sued. I don't know if he did it. It's unsolved. But, like, in other cases, for instance, where, like, a husband murders a wife or like you know something like that and they do like the most obvious shit yeah like you couldn't have done like the place she couldn't stand to go or a place like she's never met somebody that you have like, never been to together yeah exactly that too <laughs> i guess it's good that people are stupid because that's why they get caught it's Sometimes. just it's just so stupid like <sighs> anyway randall was also married and it came out that his wife Anne marie was aware of the affair as well She'd even confronted Brandy at a seafood festival earlier that year, warning Brandy to leave her husband alone. Anne-Marie also sent threatening text messages to Brandy as well. And I think Jeff knew about the affair because in one article I read, it said that Jeff saw these messages. Unless he was doing like the marijuana thing to like get money to get out since he had like a pay cut or something like that. Get out of what? Like wasn't Jeff the one that, uh, whatchamacallit, like to get out of his marriage. But he didn't leave her. I mean, he was probably thinking about it before he went to jail. I don't know. I think that... Call Jeff right now. <laughs> Let's go visit. No. <laughs> I don't know. Anne-Marie was an RN. She worked at the local hospital and had been finishing up her up a shift around 11 p.m. That night, Brandy disappeared. She claimed she ended her shift and went home, not leaving for the rest of the night. Yeah, so Anne-Marie was working when Brandy vanished. She got off of her shift at 11. So that's close to the same time she got off of hers too, though. Well, she was on the phone with Randall until 11.17. Unless she was going to meet up with Anne-Marie. Why the fuck would she be meeting up with her? So they could fight? Probably. <laughs> she was ready to fight for that? her man, confronting her at a seafood festival. I, I listened to a different podcast about this, and they mentioned that, and the girl was like, yeah, that's so Florida. And I was like, accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Florida is so trashy. <laughs> we really are. 
That's probably why we're at the bottom of the damn map. Yeah, so they can cut us off. <laughs> it's so funny because most of the podcasts I listen to, like the um, hosts, they live like either like in the north or like in California or something like that. And every time Florida is brought up, they're just like, it's so funny the things that they say. Like hearing people who are not from Florida talk about Florida is so funny because it's so fucking true. <laughs> but it's also like, damn, that's what people think about yeah, us. For real. <laughs> Like, dang, we really ain't that bad. It's Don't our, be coming out here to vacation. Don't be talking about us. It's our own fault. <laughs> <laughs> the way we live our lives, I guess. <laughs> I would confront a bitch at a seafood festival if they were fucking my husband. You do that? No, I think you would find the girl's address. And you hear... <laughs> All you gotta do is Google. You just gotta know a first and last name. Bro. My stepdad... <laughs> I was on the phone with him the other day. And he said that he'd, like, lost his phone. Or his wallet, I mean. And I'm like, well, did you get it back? And he's like, yeah. He's like, you wouldn't even believe this. He was like, this girl found it. He was like, and then she called me and was like, hey, I found your wallet. And he's like, how did you find my number? And she was like, oh, I just Googled you. And he was like so amazed that she could find all of his information on Google. And I was like, yeah, I Google people as soon as I meet them. And he was like, you do that? And he's like, is it because of the crime stuff? And I'm like, well, yeah. And I'm just nosy. Like... I was like, all you need it really is, like, their first name and what town they live in. Because I can put in, like, John. Uh, I can't think of any fucking towns right now. Okay. John, Orlando, Florida. I was going to say, we didn't yeah. mention, like, 30 of them. I know. There's so many towns in this. But it's like, I was like, all you need is their first and last name. And then you can Google. And he was he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> anyway, I was like, well, it was nice that she called you and returned your wallet instead of stealing it. Yeah, but. for real. He was like shocked. He's like, why did the why does the internet need all this information? And I'm like, I don't know. Everything is public record. Yeah. I was like, if I Google you, I'm gonna find your parents, your siblings, yeah. every address you've ever lived in, your phone number, where you were. That's what mom like, does, and I don't understand it. <clears throat> It'd be stressing me out. I'm like, mom, like she's like, oh, who are you talk to, and I give a first name, and she goes, oh, this person is this their mom and their dad? Is this where they live? Like, <laughs> oh my god, calm down, bro. <laughs> like, give me yeah. a second. I as soon as I that. meet people, I Google them. And then when they tell me stuff about them, I'm like, uh-huh. I already know. I already know. Keep it going. <laughs> when Andrew and I first started dating, I Googled him. And I found MySpace pictures of him and his ex-girlfriend, who we both hate. <laughs> and I was like, ew, this dirty bitch. Oh, my God. I, it just... At first, I was, thought you were talking about you and Andrew hating, but then it just clicked. I'm like, ah. <laughs> me and you, friend. <laughs> Fuck that bitch. Anyway. <laughs> um... So, Randall was also working this night at the Palm Bay Fire Department. He was sleeping in a private captain's room at the station. His colleague stated that there was no... Nope. His colleague stated that he was there all night and could have not could not have left without them noticing. Although his private captain's room had its own private door to the outside, which he could have very easily left and came back from without being noticed... The Palm Bay Fire Department was close enough to the pond that this theory of Randall leaving could have been possible. I tried to Google to, like, see, up like, um, exactly how far away they were, but I couldn't find it. Don't they have, like, cameras around fire departments? No. I, not at his, like, little special door. He was in, like, a private captain's room. But, I mean, there wouldn't have been, like, a camera, like, pointing, leading out to the door? Probably, like, the main door, but not, like, the this other door because like, it was like whole a surveillance yeah i think yeah. they just have them in certain areas oh, i mean i guess that makes sense 
I also didn't know they had, like, their own private rooms. I thought they all just, like, you know, like, the bunk beds and shit. Yeah, I didn't know they were separate either. But how are you going to sit there and be like, no, there's no way he could have left. The motherfucker has his own door. He could have very well left. They even said it right there that he couldn't have left, but then he had a door that he could have left and came back and they wouldn't have even known. Like, how do you know he didn't leave if he was in his room on it? You standing outside his door? You in there with him? Like a security guard? (laughs) It's also reported that a Palm Bay police officer saw a truck matching Brandy's parked next to a Palm Bay Fire Department captain's vehicle at a Speedway gas station on the night of August 17, 2006. Apparently, the captains have, like, a special vehicle, and there was only a few of them. And guess who had one? Randall. At a gas station. Didn't he say she was meeting someone at a gas station? See, I told you she was meeting him at the gas station. By the time this witness came forward, the police figured too much time had passed and unfortunately they did not go to this gas station to obtain security footage, assuming it would have been recorded over already. Because, like, you know how some security footage it records for, like, a certain amount of time Mm -hmm. and then records over? Yeah. So I guess she had came, the officer had came forward, like, a while later. So they're like, there's no point in going. But I would have went because maybe the workers saw them or something. Yeah. Someone had to have known something. I guess they didn't think it would be beneficial to go. Brandy's case was growing cold with no leads or evidence. The investigators were working to get Brandy's case featured on America's Most Wanted with John Walsh (laughs) to bring even more attention to her case. Her family was offering a $1,000 reward that eventually increased to $10,000. I think every case we've done so far has mentioned America's Most Wanted and John Walsh. Because he fucking covers everything. Have you heard from him since I met him? Mm-hmm. No. I'm trying to meet him again. So you should ask him to come on a podcast that he's already done so he can give his information on it as well. He told me that him and this podcaster worked together and like solved this cold case. And I'm like, that is my legitimate dream. Please do that with me. <laughs> You'd be real famous then. I know. <laughs> Just the fact that I met him is cool enough, I guess. Who else can say they met John Walsh and talked about true crime just for funsies? Not me. For funsies. <laughs> Not me. I have his note hanging on my fridge that he wrote. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> In June of 2007, nearly an entire year since Brandy vanished, fishermen had found a backpack belonging to Brandy floating in a canal in Vero Beach, Florida. I'm moving out of this damn state. I'm packing a bag and I'm leaving. Vera Beach is 30 miles south of where her truck had been found and about one hour south of Malabar, Florida, where she lived. This backpack contained Brandy's day planner and some clothing. Apparently, there was a large drift pin found in the bag. A drift pin is a tool mostly used with heavy machinery type of work or even welding. I was going to look up the definition, but I didn't, so. Of a drift pin? Yeah. I'll look it up while you're reading this. This could have been something Brandy kept in her truck as she was currently working a welding job, but this is also something that Randall could have had in his possession as he had a second job working with heavy machinery. How does this man have so much time? To be a fire captain, to have a wife, to have a mistress? It looks like nothing to me. (laughs) Sierra just showed me a picture of a drift pin. It's like a tool to use to like align drill holes or something. Yeah, that's what it says in here. Well, that was found in the bag. You just walking around with a whole drip pin? So. Investigators believe that this was an item added to the bag to weigh it down. 
because apparently they're heavy. So they thought someone put it in there and then threw it in the canal so that it wouldn't be found. It's a tool used for localizing a hammer blow. The fuck does that mean? A drift is smaller in diameter than the hammer face. So like you put it in the hole and then hit it with the hammer mm-hmm. to make a hole? A drift is also used where the surrounding surfaces need to be protected from the hammer blow. So I guess if Why you hit it... Why would they that in welding? Welder. The article I read said that it could be used in welding. I'm not a welder. I don't fucking know. I work with kids. I wipe asses all day. <laughs> you <laughs> they don't got nothing for that. <laughs> no. So Brandy's gun that she carried with her at all times was still missing. So they didn't find it in her truck. They didn't find it in her bag. They didn't find it in this bag. And everyone said that she had it on her at all times. And there was blood found in her truck. So maybe someone shot her. And it couldn't be a suicide if her truck was in the pond. Right, because then where are you and where is the gun? Yeah. We're going to discuss the theories at the end because there's a few. Another year passed without any viable leads or tips to point where Brandy was or what happened to her. At this time, Jeff was being ruled out as a suspect in his wife's disappearance. He fully cooperated with police and answered any questions as well as taking polygraph tests whenever asked. I know polygraph tests don't really matter in court, but if he was guilty, he would have been like, no. Did you or he would have failed them. Casey Anthony's parents did are doing polygraph tests? Yes, and they're doing like a show or some shit. Mm-hmm. Fuck that bitch. I hate her. <laughs> the investigators began shifting their suspicion to Randall Richmond with the confirmation of their affair and the fact that he and his wife both got lawyers and stopped communicating with police immediately. He looked a little suspicious. Yeah, so after they like initially got questioned, I guess, they both got lawyers and then like refused to speak to police. So y'all both looking shady. Ted Flag. I'd like to know what the threatening text messages said. I tried to look up the phone records and it kept giving me those stupid websites where it's like public records and you have to pay like $10 yeah. to find someone. And I'm like, this is not what I need. I want like her fucking phone records. Because I was trying to read the messages between her and Randall. You should have been a cop, bro. I should have. Get out of the medical field be a cop. <laughs> I'm too pretty for that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, in December of 2007, the investigators got a search warrant for Randall's truck. Unfortunately, no evidence was found in his truck, and he ma- he maintained his innocence and continued to claim he was not involved in her disappearance. He and his wife divorced eventually, but both maintain that they have no connection to the disappearance of Brandy Hall. I don't know if they divorced just for, like, regular reasons or because of this, or because of the affair or anything like that. Because it would seem like they were fine. All of a sudden, you get questioned, now you're getting a divorce? It's not like he's cheating on you anymore, because the person he was cheating on was missing. In 2015, Brandy's family had her legally declared dead so her children could collect her pension. Her death date on the death certificate was listed as the night she vanished. Investigators and her family strongly believe she was murdered the night of her disappearance. Yeah, they definitely think that there was... Immediately, they, um, when she went missing, you know how sometimes police, like, especially for adults, they're like, oh, well, you know, they're allowed to disappear. Apparently, they took her case, like, very serious, and then after her truck and, like, the other items were found, they were like, yeah, this is definitely foul play. But it's weird how they found, like, you know, the truck, her bag, the damn drift tool, drift pin, yeah, drift Drift pin, pin. but her gun's nowhere to be found. But also, it's weird how, like, all of these things were found in separate places, too. Well, the first bag, 
and her the chalk were found in the same place, but then like this other bag was found in Vero. Like why wouldn't you just leave it all in the same spot? So someone took it to Vero and threw it in the canal. Like trying to get rid of it. There would have been no fingerprints on it. I mean, well, I mean not if they didn't wear a glove. Or if it was sitting in water for so long, right? Yeah. I, I don't know how fingerprints work. Um, I think it maybe it depends on the material oh. as well. But they also said they so they found like some blood in her truck, but since it was in water, they didn't know how much blood was washed out because they found blood on like the floor, the seats, and like the pass or the um the driver door. Mm-hmm. But they're like, since it's been in water, there could have been blood that was washed out. But like you said, where's her gun? And where uh, everything is she? else is here. Yeah. Did they check her house or anything? In 2019, cadaver dogs indicated something may have been buried in the backyard of the home Brandy shared with her family in Malabar, Florida. This seemed to be corroborated by ground penetrating radar. The area was dug up and searched, but did not give any new evidence or leads. So I guess they had went back to search her home again, and it looked like the soil had been disturbed or something. Mm -hmm. And then they compared it to like Google Earth images, and then used like ground penetrating radar, which like... I guess showed them even further proof that something had been disturbed. So they assumed maybe she was buried there, but they found nothing. But like, if her husband's not a suspect at this point, who do you think buried her in the yard? Why would it be at home though? I mean, yeah. I guess it'd be like the last place you would look since her items were everywhere else. Yeah, well, apparently they found nothing. So whatever the soil was disturbed for, it was not. Unless it was her gun. They would have found it. Because they dug it up and searched. I mean, not if they hid it there for the meanwhile until they found a place to put it. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure the person wouldn't hold a damn gun on them. But, but if it wasn't her husband, who would have buried it at her house? D- whoever the person is. I ain't trying to get sued either. I ain't trying to say no damn <laughs> names on here no more. I know. I'm probably gonna... <laughs> well, you know, for saying that I hate Casey Anthony, but I think that's like a, a broad opinion. In September of 2021, the pond where Brandy's truck was found was completely drained in hopes of finding Brandy's remains or even any evidence to where she was or what happened. Unfortunately, this search also led to nothing of use in the investigation. So I guess they were, because when they searched it before, it was very hard to see in. So they're like, maybe she's in there. We just can't find her. Oh, she, the pond was half drained, right? Like yeah, not fully but not down. all the way. So in 2019, they had cadaver dogs out there. And they were, like, kind of, like, giving off something. Mm-hmm. So then in 2021, they they drained the pond. I, I think it took a little longer because of COVID. Uh, I mean, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Um, Freaking COVID. Ruined everything. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um. So then they drained it, but they found nothing. <clears throat> so, it sucks. Brandy's family have hired a private investigator who is working the case pro bono. They're hoping they can uncover new leads and new evidence to finally give them some peace. They believe that someone out there knows what happened to Brandy and where she is. Brandy's case is ruled as a homicide with no body or crime scene, and she is classified as missing and endangered. And like I said earlier, they have her case listed as like a homicide or, or um, yeah, homicide. And then they definitely have like foul play is involved. Like they believe she was murdered. I mean, yeah, it's like the blood's everywhere. If if not, she fought it real good and maybe has bruises or something on her. But where is she? Like the cuts. I don't know. She probably track starred out if she's still alive. But you think she would have came up by now because this is 2021. We're in 2024 now. Yeah. That's three years. You would eventually well, like, she, had some almost, contact with your kid. Yeah, it's been almost 20 years that she's been missing. 
Because she went missing in 2006. Oh, yeah, she would eventually came up by now then. Missing persons cases are so frustrating because, like, where the fuck are they? There's another one that, like, haunts me. Uh, it's a case about Bryce Las Pisa. No, we'll cover it. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's like, where the fuck are they? <laughs> like, the world's only so big. But, like, you have, like, someone had to have seen you at, like, a gas station. Your card had to have been ran, like. There was no activity on her bank account since she went missing. If if it's a card, like, you have to have been, like, known. But, like, you have to, like, show your ID. So someone had to have seen you if you're still alive. But if she's dead also, if you're if you're alive and missing, like, that is so crazy to me because. You are one in everything. How, how are you not. Caught by found? now. Yeah. But then it's, like, if they are dead. Where is their body? Like, how can't did someone move. hide it so well? Like, what the... F- I don't know how this doesn't eat at the person who ever did it. If she is dead. Yeah. Well, yeah. I could not. I would have gave up by now. Like, I would have been like, you know what? I did it. Like, yeah. Like, did, how do you did, live mm. knowing what you did? No. And knowing she has kids at that. Like, you took away someone's mother, you took away someone's wife, you took away someone's daughter, but especially the kids, man. Yeah. Because they don't have a mom or a dad as of right now. Because is the dad still behind bars? No, no, no. He got out. He's out? Yeah. At the time of Brandy's disappearance, she had blonde hair and blue eyes. She was between 5'6 and 5'8 and between 120 to 145 pounds. She had a belly button piercing and her tongue was pierced. She had a scar on her right eyebrow. eyebrow. She had a scar on her right eyebrow along with a scar on her abdomen. She had two tattoos, a fishing scene on her lower back, and a tattoo on her ankle of Tweety Bird with a fire hydrant. She was last seen wearing an off-white, long-sleeve shirt with the Malabar Fire Department logo on the front and the words Malabar Fire Department on the back. She was wearing dark-colored work pants and mid-calf work boots. If you or anyone you know has any information, please contact the Palm Bay Police Department at 321-952-3456. Please spread the word about Brandy's case so her family can finally have peace. Her children were 5 and 10 at the time of her disappearance, and they've had to live their entire lives wondering what happened to their mother. Jeff was paroled in 2009 and moved to Orlando with his children. So her kids were so young when she disappeared, and they have, like, no answers. I mean, the rest of her family doesn't have answers either, but, like, just specifically for her kids. Like, 5 is young. Or her husband. Yeah. But, like, five is young for you to, like, continue the rest of your life without your mother, especially when, like, you don't even know what happened. Like, you don't know if she abandoned you. You don't know if someone hurt her. Like, yeah, give them some peace of mind. Like, yeah. hey, if she's dead, just let me know so I can stop, like, you know, worrying about it. <clears throat> and then her family had to make the decision to declare her legally dead. Like, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Assuming, they assume that she is, but, like, that's such a hard decision to make and to have to do that, you know? Declare and someone dead, but, like, you don't have their body, like, nothing. You like, don't no have proof. any idea of what happened to them. Yeah. You just know that they're not here anymore. Like, it's, it really sucks. Um, so now we're going to talk about some of the theories that people have about the case. Okay. And what they think could have happened. There's only one theory that I think is Number what happened. <laughs> So, number one, we have Brandy met up with Randall and he is somehow involved with her disappearance and assumed murder. This is the most widely discussed theory. I think it's possible. He was the last person to talk to her. He Mm -hmm. lied about it. 
her truck was found in a pond that was their like go-to meetup spot or whatever. And then you have a police officer saying that she saw her truck with your vehicle at That's a gas station. Yeah. Like it's all there. I mean, unless she was wanting to like disappear and she disappeared and asked him for the help. And what? And he helped her disappear? And he helped her look like it, like she killed herself or whatever. Like when she left, she could have dyed her hair and like could have got contacts. Like you could have changed. Yeah. But then, like, what part of him wouldn't even, like, have went to the family by now and just said, hey, you know, she's fine. She's doing okay. She just wanted to disappear. She well, then the next, the next day when he, Jeff asked him if he'd heard from Brandy, he just hung up the phone. Didn't say yes, didn't say no. He just hung up. I don't know, because, like, part of me wants to take, like, stick up for Randall. Like, yeah, like, you know, that's my best friend. Like, I, she wanted to leave, so, like, I helped her. But then, no, like, I would have given in by now. Like, if, if I you wanted yeah. to flee the country, I would have done told your son by now. Yeah, like, if going. I came to you and was like, I need to disappear and you need to help me. I've been like, okay, you got about 24 hours to figure it out. And you would I'm call like, Andrew no. immediately. <laughs> I don't have him on Facebook, but he takes forever to reply. So. <laughs> um, I don't know. It just, so the next theory, number two, is that Brandy commu- committed suicide, staging it to look like a disappearance. I think this is very unlikely due to the amount of effort that would take. Yeah, because from to Bureau. But if you committed suicide and stage it, where are you? Who drove the truck into the water? Who, like, how did you hide your body so well? And if you killed yourself with the gun, where's your gun? It's not like you just buried yourself on the ground and just knocked it out. Yeah, so people say that since she was a paramedic that she knew how to do a blood draw. And she could easily, like, draw her own blood and then, like, splash it around her truck to make it look like something, like, foul, like, something in the terms of foul play happened. I mean, it makes sense. But our kids. But you're really going to do that? I've drawn my own blood before and it's not easy. And I would not do it, like, for fun to, like, stage something. But, like, her kids. Like, she wouldn't have left her kids, like, a note, um, a video, like, even seen them one last time before doing it. Nothing. Yeah. Well, her, her family does not believe that she committed suicide. They're like, she would never do that to her kids, especially, like, in this way. Like, if you're going to commit suicide, you're not going to make it even worse by, like, staging this whole thing where, like, you're never found and, like, Mm -hmm. it looks like you were murdered. Yeah. They're like, she just wouldn't, like, put her family through that trauma. Yeah, because in the beginning it said that she would call her her kids to, like, make a prayer. Yeah. Yeah, and all that. You would just up and leave them like they weren't shit to you. And, like... People are like, well, her and her husband are having problems, so maybe she just couldn't deal with it. And it's like, if she wanted to leave her husband, she would have left her husband. She would have divorced him. She decided to stick by him. She was even going to testify at his hearing. Yeah, if I I was leaving you, I ain't testifying at your hearing. I would not wait until the hearing and then disappear, especially knowing that now he's going to be in jail and my kids have no one to take care of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't think, number one, I don't think she killed herself. Number two, I don't think she would have staged it in that way because... That's a lot of fucking work. And then, where is she? Like, you can't conceal she your body if now. you killed yourself. I, I honestly unless, think she would have came up by now. Unless, possibly, she killed herself and Randall helped her hide it. But then he would be committed, or he would be accused of the crap, too, because he was tampering. Would you call that tampering with evidence? Yeah, it would be like concealing a crime, I think, and tampering. But it. That theory just doesn't make any sense to me. No. Scratch number two out. Yes. (laughs) So number three is that uh, Brandy vanished on purpose, staging it to look like foul play. Like she wanted to disappear from her life, but she 
wanted to stage it to look like something had happened to her. But no vehicle? No car, no money, and why would she put her family through that pain? That's like what we just said. Why would she wait until the night before her husband's hearing, knowing that he's going to go to jail for at least a little bit, and now no one is there to take care of your kids? Her bank records didn't show her pulling out any type of money Not that I could find, no. My thing is, though, if she really wanted to disappear because of everything going on with her husband, wouldn't you take your kids and just disappear? Yeah, or at least one of them. I would take my kids. I would not leave my kids ever. So if I ever go missing, it was not, like, on purpose. Just putting that out there for, like, our... <laughs> 10 listeners no i'm just kidding we have we have more than 10 just don't shut your location off but it's like if you shut it off i know something's really wrong i don't think i know how to shut it off oh my god i got you friend i know how to do all that um but it's like i everyone is saying as a mother she loved being a mother she loved nothing more than her children she always checked in on them she called them every night to say a prayer like just she would not leave her kids Without him saying goodbye, like, you know, mommy's going on, like, a business trip, I'll be back, yeah. like, nothing. Like, as as a loving, dedicated mother, I could never do that to my kids, my kid. Um, and I don't think that she could ever do that to her children. I don't know her, but from what everyone said, she was, like I said, a loving, dedicated, doting mother. Like, like she would not have, do that. Like, it wouldn't have killed her, like, of thinking of, you know, well, what's... Um, are my kids okay? Like, uh, what are they doing? How are they doing in school? And like, just kids... missing out on their entire life. Yeah, like, like it was nothing. Yeah, I don't, I just, I don't believe it. So the last theory we're going to talk about is that Brandy's disappearance is connected to her husband's drug operation. Again. He was in jail. <clears throat> so the theory is more that, like, he had some associates. That helped. That... I guess thought that maybe Brandy would like snitch on them or something, so they got rid of her. Or unless he wanted the what's it called a pen, pen pension. Yes, that from the kids, and then he just used it because he wouldn't have any money besides the operation. So what if her husband was involved? You're saying? Yeah, if the husband was involved. Well, they're saying that not like he's involved, but like okay, so like say I'm I'm a drug manufacturing dealer and I'm dealing to you and we have like business, and then I get caught, and my husband is going to testify at my hearing as my character witness, but maybe they thought she was testifying to like blame it on the other people mm-hmm. to like get her husband off or something. So then they they killed you so that you couldn't testify against them or unless he thought that she was gonna say something wrong against him and have him locked up for a while so he hired someone to do but it. she was testifying for the defense not the um opponent what's it called girl you asking the wrong person <laughs> i don't know what the fuck it's called <laughs> i know there's a defendant and a something else or defendant and a I always want to say receiver. Every time you say defendant, I want to say receiver. Like, we in freaking football, bro. Whatever. She, like, she wasn't... She was on his side. But they're saying... But I don't understand because, number one, there was, like, no evidence that he had, like, these mysterious, like... um, What did I say they were? <laughs> Colleagues. Colleagues, In, in the yeah. drug operation. And number two, it's weed. He was growing weed. You could get that anywhere in Florida. Like, literally anywhere. I could walk it's, outside your house and grab some. I'm not growing weed. That I is mean, not what she meant. 
I meant like anywhere. Like literally, you could walk out your door and just be like, "Hey, I want some." It's it'll. It's just so easy to get now. But it's like they're making it seem like I said, like it's Breaking Bad. Like he's getting some meth. The sold blue meth. Um, that's not what's happening. He was growing weed. <laughs> I'm assuming he was selling it, but it's not like the fucking cartel or something. They're acting like as if he was in the cartel and these people like murdered her. There's not like a video or any or like anything of him like in the jail of how he would have acted. I mean, was he acting calm? Was he acting? No, he was like worried about his wife. I don't think Jeff had anything to do with it. I don't think he would have either. Because, I mean, in the, like, the whole story, like, he was, he was never even mentioned. It was Randall everywhere. Yeah. It's kind of like Jeff kept to himself and the kids. And then, like, when she wasn't there, he stepped up and played both roles. And then when he wasn't there, she played both roles. Yeah, because honestly, again, like, as a father, I don't think he, I mean, people do it. They kill their spouses. They don't care about their kids. But... How do you live with yourself knowing that you caused their mother to be absent from their lives? Eventually, it's going to turn around and bite you in the ass because they're going to find out and then you'll yeah. be hated. Yeah. And like, like at the end of the day, like, yeah, you helped make the life, but she like birthed it out. Yeah, like she, she held it and it, carried yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I know that there are monsters in the world and I know that husbands kill their wives and they don't have any regard about like what it will do to their children or anything like that. But a five and ten year old? They were five and ten, right? Mm Mm-hmm. When she disappeared. And that's young. My son just turned four and like he is like he's way too quick. I remember going to the hospital and him shitting in my hand the first time I held him. Little asshole. Um I know, like, he still needs me for so many things. And I know that in a year, when he's five, he's still going to need me for all of these things. And I just cannot imagine him having to, like, live his life without me. I mean, I'm 25, and I still call my mom every single day. Like, hey, mom, every little inconvenience. Hey, mom, um, my phone's at, like, 20%. Um, What do you want me to do about it? Literally text my mom and tell her, like, I saw some really bright green grass today. (laughs) She's like, okay. You should have seen this mosquito, mom. But then before, like, when I was younger, I was like, ah, you know what? I'm not going to tell my mom about this. We just go let it pass. No, I talk to her all day from the time I open my eyes to the time I go to bed. I don't know. It just, I feel so bad for her kids. I mean, her whole family, like, there's a lot of, um, like, interviews and stuff with her mom. And she just looks so sad. I mean, you can imagine the kids, too, like, at work. Or at work. They're working at school. Yeah. Yeah. At school, like, for, like, Mother's Day and, like, stuff like yeah. that. Like, oh, they... I didn't even think about that. Don't have, like... Don't start crying on me, <laughs> Jesus. Um, but, yeah, like, they don't get to celebrate that. They're gonna be like, oh, well, um, at least I have a mom. You had to all the kids yeah. that pick on Or them. even, like, as they get older and, like, kids start hearing about, like, this stuff and then they, like, have to listen to other kids talking about, like, their mom's case and stuff like that. I wouldn't have been able to do that. I just been like nope homeschool me I'm done I don't want to do it I just really hope whoever did this to her or knows any information like about what even happened will come like at least if it's not for like the peace of the parents or the husband at least do it for the kids yeah at least give I mean them a it's peace been of mind yeah it's been almost twenty years and they whoever knows anything has not came forward her family is still like working towards finding her um they do have a Facebook page um like. I think that they post, like, updates and stuff like that, but there really hasn't been any more updates. I hope one day she's found, or at least, like I said, the person who knows any information or did something will come forward just so her family can have that peace of mind. 
Um, it just really sucks. Obviously, nobody deserves to get murdered or to be missing or anything like that. Wonder but when, wonder when their mom's coming home. Like. Yeah. Like, when I, like I said, when I first started this case, I had no idea of all of the details involved. Like, the drugs and the affairs and stuff like that. But that doesn't mean, just because she was having an affair with someone doesn't mean she deserved to be murdered or anything like that. Like, yeah, because at the end of the day, Randall was having one too. Yeah. But he murdered. Yeah. I mean, no matter what you do, you don't deserve to get murdered and your kids don't deserve to have their mother taken from them. Your family doesn't deserve to be going through this. Um, it just, hopefully one day her case can be resolved. There, I did see her family is saying, they're like, this is not a cold case. Like, we're still working every day to try to figure out what happened to her and stuff like that. So I hope one day they can actually have the closure that they need. And... Yeah. Like a peace of mind, help them sleep at night. Like, okay, well, like, this is what happened. So they have to think, like, the last words that the kids ever said to their mom was literally when they were five and ten. Yeah. And then, like, whatever Jeff's last, last conversation with her was mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But it ended in an argument. Now he probably feels like shit. Like, I probably yeah. could have said something differently or, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it was a good conversation for their sake. Randall lied, so we will never know what that conversation actually was. Um, but... Yeah, thanks to my coworker for telling me about this case because it's one that I really didn't know a lot about. I feel like I got into this one a lot. Yeah. But just so y'all know, I didn't know anything about this case. I figure um, I do a lot better when I don't know anything about it. And I just come in here asking questions. Yeah, I actually got a message from one of our listeners the other day. And she was like, I've never um, followed a podcast like from the start. She was like, and it's just amazing to like watch you guys grow every week. She was like, you can tell like you guys are getting better and more confident. She was like, and you guys do a really good job, especially when one of you is blind reading. Yeah, that, so, that's me. Yeah. I'm the one asking the dumb questions over here. But, like, I feel like when, you, when like, I know, like, um, who was it? What was the, what was the teacher's name? I Colleen. Yeah, I feel like when I knew hers, like, I spoke, but, like, I didn't say much because I would have given it away. Because you knew what was going on, yeah. I think like, it does go better when you don't know because then you ask questions. And then, like, you also get shocked at certain parts of the story. I'm telling you, when I get quiet, that means I'm making a face on the other <laughs> end of this phone. I just want you guys to understand. But it was so nice of her to, like, message me and be like, you guys are doing great. And, like, I can see the progress. And it's just, it's so nice to have, like, because she's, like, one of our listeners who comments on everything. She likes everything. Like, I'm not as shaky as I was the first time. Yeah. I was, like, shaking. My voice was shaking. Like, I was messing up everything. Like, now I'm just sit back and chill, wait till I see the pink line, and then I start reading. I know. And then I'm like, okay, like, Ev we're good. Everyone has been saying that they can tell, like, it it's getting better we're getting it's more confident stressful i think that now we're a lot more comfortable with recording like it was so scary at first uh, how many times we done recorded like the first episode yeah. you're like oh shit gotta redo oh shit because i didn't know how to properly edit so i was like let's just start over or when we were at the very last page and you messed up like shit we're gonna have to record i said bro <laughs> three hours later to record the first one and then we redid it anyway <laughs> but i feel like i am getting better at my research and writing um she and, sends me pictures all day every day about these damn notes <laughs> but it's not like full notes like she sends me like half of like a page so you can't read it so i can't read and like if i read it'll be like brandy lynn and then it goes she was known and then like i don't get no information <laughs> and then she'll text me the night of talking about do you want to read the story or no and i'm like nope yeah I'm more cooperative because I, then I have to pay attention. Well, I think it goes better because, like you said, you ask more questions and then it's also, like, the shock factor of certain parts of the case. 
Because I ask questions, like, what they can't ask when, like, it comes through. I mean, listen, I'd be real retarded sometimes, but I follow along. <laughs> I really do. I just might be a little... Ditsy. Ditsy in the process, <laughs> but I follow along. I really do. Yeah. I mean, I think it's nice. I was looking, and I seen, like, our first couple episodes were, like, 30, 40 minutes, and now they're, like, over an hour long. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like we don't shut up during half of them. I know. People have been saying that they like our conversation, and that um, my mother-in-law told me. She was like, I listen to your guys' podcast at work, and sometimes I just giggle because you guys are so funny. And I was, and then she was like, can people ask me what I'm listening to? And I tell them, oh, my daughter-in-law's podcast, and I was like, about murder, and you're over there <laughs> giggling. <laughs> but... I I laugh too, like, cause I'll listen to our episodes. I was talking about the last one that you didn't edit. I was like, oh my god, this dumb bitch oh. didn't edit these parts out. I did minimal editing. It was funny because you'd be reading, be like, oh no, and you start, oh, no, and you start, <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, she didn't edit even her part out. I feel like it's fun for the people who listen. I like when I listen to podcasts and like they're they're real. You know what I mean? Like they're not super like, cause like I, straight to the point. Like yes. Yeah. When we first started recording, I felt like we had to be, like, perfect, and I think that was adding to, like, the anxiety. Because I listened I, to the edit on the first one, yeah. and it was, like, you would hear where, like, the parts were yeah. edited, because, like, where you edit, like, the, po- like, the, my voice would get louder, and then lower, and then louder. Yeah. And I'm like, yep, she edited that word. Yep, yeah. she did that. So now, like, I don't edit as much, and I leave a lot of stuff in, and people have been liking it, so, I mean, if you don't like it, let me know. Or not, because I might cry. But... <laughs> We've been getting good feedback, so I'm going to Don't, because then I have to hear it if she starts crying, and I'm going to have to be like, you know what? I'm going to come over, we're going to have a bottle of wine, we're going to talk about it. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, I'm sure you guys are tired of this at this point. So, it's January. Do not forget to watch John Walsh on America's Most Wanted. Mondays. Monday. The the first episode comes out on January 22nd at 9 p.m. on Fox. So, watch him. Or DVR. DVR it, which is a digital video recording. We looked it up. (laughs) And then, um, thank you guys so much for listening. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and we're going to post pictures and everything like that. So we'll see you next week with a new case.